You're listening to STS Podcast. We pray that this message will encourage you and give you hope throughout this week. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to 3 John. 3 John is right before Revelation. It's the book right before Revelation. So if you go to the back, turn left, you'll get to 3 John. We're going to be diving in here. We've got to roll through this, got a lot to get through, a lot to cover. Has anybody ever played the word association game? Anybody ever played that? Like you, you say a word and then you say the first word that comes to mind. Anybody ever, you, you know what, okay, you know what I'm, you know what I'm thinking, you know what I'm saying. And uh, this is called the word association or name association. We'll, we'll start with words. So if I was to say the word grass, the first word that comes to your mind would be? Green, okay, that's uh, some of you said some other stuff. And, um, and so what about dark? Okay, ooh, that's good. I heard some different stuff out there. All right, what about ocean? Okay, fish, I didn't, that's good, that's good. What, all right, so what about sky? Okay, clouds and blue. Man, this is good. We're learning a lot about each other in SDS. All right, so what about black? White, okay. And what about, what about steak? Yeah. yeah, amen, good, amen. From the Lord. I know that's more than one word, but you know, amen. But we can do this, as we say with, uh, we, we, we say this with words, we can also use the, the word association for like names. We can do names. So let me give you some names. And you say the very first thing that comes to your mind when I say these people's names. Einstein, Albert Einstein. Okay. All right. Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Okay. All right. Jim Carrey. Someone said not funny. What? All right. What about this? Is this will be interesting because I'm really excited about this one because I have a name. I had a word written down. Let's see if it's the same one. B O B. <laughs> I said dumb because he thinks the world is flat. So I just I may forgive me, Lord, that I. But anyway, what about what about Justin Bieber? <laughs> I knew I'd get, get some different ones. Some different responses on that. <clears throat> well, let's think about this. Why is it, especially, so it's, 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 when we say a word, it's easy to get a response, especially in a name. When we say a name, it's, it, we're, we're really quick to get a response and get a name. And honestly, at the end of the day, it's about the person's credibility or their reputation. Have you ever heard the saying, a person's uh, reputation precedes them? Anyone ever heard that? Their reputation goes before them. And how many times do, do, do you think about this? How many times do you think about your reputation and our reputation and before your name gets there? I know school started, for some of you, school is starting over the next few weeks. And, and uh, as, as school starts, you got to think about that stuff, that, that that reputation is going before your name. The hard part about a person's reputation going before their name is that unfortunately... Unfortunately, sometimes their rep defines who they are in the good and sometimes in the bad. And so we got to think about this question. How will you be remembered? 
How will a person be remembered? When someone says your name, uh, how will you be remembered for the time that you'll be in high school? How will you be remembered as someone who'll be an STS? How will you be remembered in years to come from your middle school or your friendships? How will you be remembered? Remembered. And over the past few months, man, I've been really diving into John's little letters, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, especially as we've been going through the mission trips, we've been going through 1 John a whole lot. And God's just been really showing me some really cool things about his word, about myself, just some really, really awesome stuff. And then I got to 3 John. I got to 3 John, the shortest book of the Bible. 13 verses, and it's one of these, ver- these, these books that if you, if you read through this, man, you can blow through it really quick. You, you can blow through it really fast, and you'll say, man, it's no big deal. You know, there's, nothing whole, there's not a whole lot in there to it. And when I look at this, I'm going, man, there is some deep, deep, deep stuff in third John. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's who we're going to look at today. We're going to look at, at some of the things that, that, thir- uh, that John told us in his third letter. Now, just a little backstory. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about First John. Just a, f- uh, a few things. John, a disciple of Christ, Jesus' best friend. It was Jesus' best friend. Uh, when, when you read the book of John and you see, see in there the disciple whom Jesus loved, he is talking about himself, his best friend, uh, Jesus' best friend. He's talking about himself. He's in his late 60s, and as, as we are reading through this, he's writing these, these verses to encourage his friends. And, and specifically, one in particular named Gaius. Someone say Gaius. Gaius. So someone else say Gaius. So we all know his name, Gaius. So as we see this guy, we see this letter. And how do I know it's written to Gaius? What well, says it in the first, first verse? To my dear friend Gaius. That's so. It's very deep. I know. I didn't have to look at any commentaries for that. It was right there in God's word. So he says, "Dear friend," or you might see some other versions or different. My my beloved son. You might see that one, or my dear son. You might see that. And and what that means is that there's a there's a spiritual connection between the two. It's not. Really written here, but John could have led Gaius to the Lord. So they have a, a deep connection. And, and that usually happens. And I know, Mark, you can attest to this. I can attest, our leaders can. When you lead someone to the Lord, man, there's, there's a connection between the two people. Because you're, you're having a part and being a part of someone's biggest decision they've ever made in their life. And so there's a connection. And, and so when I look at this book and I see these 13 verses and, uh, and I see what John is trying to say in these 13 verses, I mean, he's writing this out of love. And in this short book, we actually see four different people show up in this book, four different people. Number one, we see John the writer, we see him. Number two, we see Gaius, and we see number three, Diotrephes, Diotrephes, someone say Diotrephes, Diotrephes. And then we see one more, Demetrius, someone say Demetrius. All right, so we're not going to talk about the first and the last today. We're going to talk about Gaius and Diotrephes over the next few moments. And John, he's writing this letter to Gaius, and he really wants to encourage him. But I see some tough stuff, even in the first nine verses or so. So let's read this. We'll come back, we'll unpack it for a second, then we'll see how it applies to our life. Cool? Look at your neighbor say, that's cool. All right, good. All right, you're with me. All right, here we go. Verse 2. Dear friend, 
I pray that you may enjoy good health and that it all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you are faithful in what you are doing for the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. They have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought, we ought therefore, to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. Then he gets to verse nine. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he's doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Verse 11, we'll read that because it's so important. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does not, or excuse me, anyone who does what is evil has not seen God. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. We thank you for the promises that it holds. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us through your word, not through me, not anything that I have to say. God, I pray that I might be, just be your vessel to say exactly what you want to say. God, I pray that you would speak into our hearts because God, you have something big to tell us this morning. That this year, God, we are entering into this year and hopefully being reminded that this is the biggest mission field we'll ever be in, both middle school and high school. And so Lord, whether we go to public school, private school, MAS, uh, homeschool, hybrid, or even if we're homeschooled and we have our friend group, Lord, let us be walking missionaries for you to share the truth. And we just see this through your word, through these few verses. So God, we love you. I thank you again for these teenagers. They are so awesome. And I pray that you would bless our time today. And it's in Jesus' name, amen. So we see these two people, these two guys, Gaius and Diotrephes. And John really points out four things about each of them. It's pretty, it's pretty outstanding. So if you're taking notes, I just want you to write these four things. There, there's going to be four about Gaius and there's going to be four about Diotrephes. And as we look, as we read, as we talk, we're going to see some four things that stand out about both of them and really four things that are the opposite of each other. It's pretty interesting as we see John writing to this one guy about him and this other guy. Number one, so if you're, if you're writing notes, if you're taking notes, number one about Gaius, let's look at verse two. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. We're gonna talk about what that verse means here in a little bit, a little deeper. But at the end of the day, we see that Gaius was a godly man. He was godly. Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you even as your soul is getting along well. As you, are, as you are loving on Jesus, as you're getting to know Jesus, as you're walking with Jesus, 
Keep Jesus first is what he's saying. He's saying that, he, that Gaius was a godly man, but it doesn't stop there. Let's look at verse three. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell me about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in truth. Verse four, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. So Gaius was godly and Gaius was unwavering in, his, in truth. He was unwavering in truth. He, it didn't matter who came on him or what circumstance came about or what, what the enemy was trying to bring in. He was faithful to the truth. He was unwavering in truth. And we see that in verses three and four. In verse five, as we look at verse five, dear friend, you are, someone say that word. Dear friend, you are faithful. You are faithful in what you are doing to the brothers, even though they are strangers to you. So number three, he's faithful. So he's godly, he's unwavering in truth. And number three, he's faithful to the Lord in the work of ministry. And that leads into the fourth one in verses six through eight. They have told me, uh, they have told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We ought to therefore show hospitality to such men so they may work together for the truth. So number one, he was godly. Number two, he was unwavering. Number three, he was faithful. And number four, he was hardworking. He was hardworking. He did his best and worked hard to do his best for the Lord. And so John writes this to Gaius and he just wants to pour out some encouragement on him. He wants to just love on him. He just wants to just to show him how much he loves him through uh, the word that he wrote down. And, and it's interesting as you see scripture and, and, and we often wonder why the, uh, the, the writers in scripture are so bold. They're so bold. They're, they, they just, it seems like if you wouldn't say these things because if we were face to face, it might be a little different. But the authors in scripture, especially I find in the New Testament, are very bold to say things because they're writing down. You get a little more honest when you write things down. And so John writes this to his friend, Gaius. And then he says this in verse nine. He kind of switches gears on him. He says, I wrote to the church. And now, if we were to pause right there, we don't have that letter. We don't have that letter. We don't know what that letter is. But there's a good chance that that letter got lost in translation or it got lost in a round file somewhere. You'll get that on the way home, this trash can. But it got lost and they never got it. And so he says this, I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So right off the bat, verse 9a, if you're taking notes on Diotrephes, we see number one, he's prideful. This dude is all about himself. He is a prideful dude. He doesn't want to have anything else to do with anybody else. And then it goes on to say, he loves to be first, and then that second part, 9B, if you will, he'll, he won't have anything to do with us. He's self-centered. He's prideful. He thinks the world revolves around him, and it is so much so he's self-centered. He's everything. It's, it's my world. You just live in it. That's kind of how he feels. So we see that he's prideful. Number two, we see that he's self-centered. Number three, this is, this is a tough one in verse 10, the first part, 10A. So if I come, I will call attention to what he is doing, gossiping maliciously about us. He was slanderous. 
He was slanderous. Not only did he think he was right, not only did he think he was the center of attention and everything needed to revolve around him, he was talking smack about everybody around him. He was saying, man, I've got this. I don't need anybody's help. I've got it all going on. And he was talking bad about his brothers in Christ. And then, number four, not satisfied with that. So he was talking, he was gossiping, he was talking smack and not satisfied with that. He says he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. He was so, number four, hard-headed. He was so hard-headed. He didn't get it. He didn't grasp it because he was at the center of everything that he did. Diotrephes was the exact opposite, the complete opposite of Gaius. When I think about scripture and when I read scripture and I see specific names mentioned, there are, if you notice, if you read your Bibles, when you're reading your Bibles, you'll see it might say a man or a woman or this man or this woman. But when it's specific and specifically calls a person by name, do you know what that tells me? You know what that shows me or says to me? That forever in the best selling book of all time, they will be remembered for whatever's written in here. Forever. They will be remembered forever for what is written in this book. So I think about Gaius. He will forever be remembered as being a godly, unwavering, faithful, hardworking man. And Diotrephes will always forever be remembered because there's no other mention of him in Scripture. None. This is the only place he will forever be remembered as a prideful, self-centered, slanderous, hard-headed dude forever. And as I think about this, as I think about God's word and how true and how powerful it is, and I think about how it relates to you and your life, when we look at Gaius and we see Diotrephes, their reputation preceded them. People knew who they were. People knew who they were because of their name. When they said Gaius' name, they could, they could say the first thing that comes to mind, and it was probably something to do with God. When they said Diotrephes, first thing that came to mind was probably self. It's all about himself. And I want to ask you this question, I'm not meaning to be offensive, I'm just asking this question. What will people think, or what do people think when they hear your name or say your name? What's the first word that comes to mind? Don't say it. But what's the first word that comes to mind when someone says your name? And that's a tough, tough thing to think about. That's a tough thing, but as we, if we can grasp it, if you can go to school this year and understand and grasp the severity of your reputation and your credibility, man, things can change. Things can change. Because I look at this and I'm going, man, when school starts... It's like a new day, a new slate. Yeah, people might remember you from the last year, but if you want to change some stuff, you've got some time. You've got some time. I mean, think about it. Just take a minute, or not even a minute. You don't need a minute. If someone says your name, what would they relate to it? So when I graduated high school, my senior year of high school, God had called me, into ministry between my 11th and 12th grade year. 
He called me to, to full-time ministry. Like he called me to do what I'm doing now. And I'll never forget it. God called me to ministry in my car. It was my mom's 1991 Buick Regal. It was ugly and um and the car didn't fill with smoke there wasn't an audible voice an angel or jesus didn't show up right next to me he just it, i just knew in my heart of hearts that god was calling me in the ministry and so my my senior year my whole goal in my senior year was was just to be cool seriously that was my whole i know you look at him and say Ryan, it's, it's pretty easy for you i know it's my cross to bear but um you know it was it was that was my goal it was my goal to be cool the whole senior year of high school. And really, at the end of the, the, the year, there was one, one specific thing. You knew you had made it. It didn't matter if you made it in the superlatives, in the yearbook. How many of y'all still have yearbooks? Okay, I don't know if it's digital now. It might have just an app. Oh, there's my class. So sign my, here's the clown that came to sign your yearbook upside down. You can't do that anymore. So my whole goal for my senior year was to be made fun of at the senior talent show by one of the popular girls. Yeah, I know. That's stupid, Ryan. I know. I, I look back and I say, that's not. Let me explain. At the end of the year, we had this thing called a senior talent show. Now, let me explain the senior talent show. It was a show before the whole school. The whole school got in the gym. At ninth through 12th grade, everybody got in the gym. It was actually 9th, 10th, and 11th were in the bleachers. 12th grade were on the floor. And we got to do a talent. We got to do, like, we had a magician, and we had some bands, and we had some singers, and, and we had some, some, I think even someone mimed. It was weird. They did all kinds of talents, but if it was your talent, they would do skits and stuff like that. And that's where it came in. Because the girls would do a skit making fun of the guys where they were in 10 years or 20 years. Like they graduate high school, where are you at after 10, 20 years? And they meet up and it's like they meet up in the middle and they go, hey, I'm so-and-so and I'll tell you about it. So, so what it was, we were all sitting on the floor. I'm there right now in my mind's eye. I'm like sitting on the floor. I'm right there. And then all of a sudden it comes to that portion of the senior talent show comes that portion. And then I see the girls get up and, and they're, they're calling everybody's name out. And I hear, you know, Dusty be called out and I hear Clayton be called out and I hear Chris be called out. And I knew if my buddy Scott, if Scott's name was said, I knew, I just knew in my heart of hearts that it would be right after his that I would be called out. And sure enough, Scott, Scott got up. Scott was cool. He got up. And then she said, Ryan Garrett, and then I knew I'd made it. Yeah. And so I got up and I walked down front. You trying, I was, you know, trying to be all humble, but I was like, yeah. Sit down, be all cool. This was the 90s, so you know, 2000, so you had to sit like this, you know, you all cool, big and bad. And I was sitting on the floor, like, what's up? You didn't get called, sucker. <laughs> yeah, boy. And what it is is the girls would come out on the floor and then one girl that would be playing my character and the other girl would be playing Scott's character or the, another person's character would meet in the middle. So it was Scott and Ryan and, and so just kind of fast forward, Scott's on this side, Ryan's on this side or I'm on this side, we'll just say it's me, I'm sitting on the floor, you're following me, okay, mind's eye, you're, it's not me, it's the girl portraying me. And so this girl had a Braves baseball uniform on. And this girl had a suit on, a suit on. So Braves baseball uniform and a suit on. And so they meet in the middle. What's up, Ryan? What's up, Scott? Good to see you. What you doing nowadays, Scott? Well, here's the deal. Scott, while we were in high school, was a bat boy for the Atlanta Braves. 
I'm telling you, Scott was cool. He, he drove the newest Mustang at that time. It was a 2000 Mustang, black, had like four coats of clear coat on. It was like looking in a mirror. That thing was a GT and it would fly. Trust me, I know it would fly, but don't tell my parents. So it was one of those things. It was, it was awesome. So Scott comes out and he's like, you know, I ask him, what you doing nowadays, Scott? You, you playing ball for the Atlanta Braves? And he goes, nah, man, I just got awarded the, the trophy for being the oldest bat boy in Braves history. History. And everybody's like, oh, everybody's laughing. Ah, oh, Scott, you know, because they knew him. And, and then, Ryan, what are you doing nowadays? Well, here's the deal. My senior year, my senior year, I had the honor and the privilege and the joy of being the weatherman for my high school. Yeah. Nothing says cool like being a weatherman. <laughs> for your high school. Now I look up to weathermen on TV because they're smart. I was dumb. I had, a, I, but it was cool though. You know, I'm kind of creative. You know that, that map in your school that like flips over? You, do y'all still have those? It's probably in, a, probably in a closet somewhere. But I put that behind me. Like that was my weather map, you know? And then I'd made these little stickers like sunshine, cloudy, you know, that kind of thing. It's going to be humid. And then I'd hold up some water and it's like shake. So, yeah. And so, Scott comes out and says, Ryan, what are you doing nowadays? Well, you'll never believe it, Scott. I'm still the weatherman for the Loganville High School morning news. And then everybody started laughing at me. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, man, that is too tough. <laughs> and at that moment, God smacked me on the back of the head. This was before Facebook. This was before Twitter. MySpace hadn't even come out. And I thought to myself, and God really just imparted on my heart, Ryan, I called you into ministry before your 12th grade year. All your friends are going to remember you as being the weatherman for your high school. When they think back at Ryan Garrett, they're going to think back as being the weatherman, not the man that God called you to be. And at that moment, I just sat there. I mean, it was like there was nothing in that gym and it was just me and I just felt the weight of the Holy Spirit on me to do what I'm doing now, to help encourage, help love you guys. Because your reputation precedes your name. And when people say your name, they immediately say who you're with. So if I was to ask four questions, to help you understand what your rep is. If I was asked four questions just to get you to understand or think about how people will remember you, they're really simple, four questions that you could take with you, you can think about later on, and you can, you can uh, when you get home or you think about them before you go to school or you're laying in your bed, just four questions really quickly. Number one, is God first? Number one, is God first? I love this, I gotta hurry, but I love this. In verse 2, John says something pretty interesting. He says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you. Well, I love the NIV's version of that, but I really like the Holman Christian Standard a little better. He says, Dear friend, I pray that you may prosper in every way and be in good health physically just as you are spiritually. You know what John's saying? He's saying, I want your physical life 
to match up with your spiritual life. Because if your spiritual life is growing and everything's going good with you and Jesus, it should match up with your physical life. Man, that's going to be a tough, tough prayer to have anyone pray for me. As you think about that, that's going to be a tough, tough prayer for anyone to pray for you. And my prayer is, my hope is that our physical life, if someone was to pray that, man, we're strong in the faith, we trust Jesus, we put Jesus first in everything, and it comes out. But I ask this question, and you think about it later, the answer is God. First, number two, we see from Gaius, do you stand for truth? When falsehood comes at you, do you stand for truth? Do you stand up for God's truth and found in God's word? Number three, are you faithful? Are you faithful to the Lord? Are you faithful to what he's called you to? Are you faithful to his promises? Do you trust him or do you fear him? Do you, do you talk to him or do you just forget about him? Are you faithful? And these are just easy questions. I'm sure there's more, but these are just four that I see out of this text. And number four, what do you do with what you have? If you say that Jesus is the best thing that's ever happened to you, or Jesus is your Savior and your Lord, what do you do with that? Do you hold it inside? Do you keep it inside? Or do you let it out for folks to see and share that love of Jesus verbally and non-verbally? And when God gives you the opportunity to share Jesus with your friends, if I was to go back in my senior year, I don't have many regrets. I have a few if I was to go back to my senior year, I think I would, I would change and I would have jumped up as she walked across the floor and said, you're being a weatherman, and say, I'm so sorry, guys. I blew it. Number one, I want you to remember me as a Christ follower. I want you to remember me as a Christ follower and that's what I want for y'all. When someone says your name, I want the, the immediate response to be Christ follower. Lover of Jesus. Jesus is first. And that's what I want for us. Because imagine what SDS would look like. Imagine what, what Awaken would look like. Imagine what our schools would look like. Imagine what our homes would look like if we just answered these four questions and took them seriously. Even this week. I mean, I challenge you. I dare you. Just go home today and think about these four questions. Is God first? Do you stand for truth? Are you faithful? And what do you do with what you have? And if it doesn't line up with scripture, maybe we need to make some tweaks so it will. Because God's word is true and it's living and active. And God wants some big things for you in your life. So here's what we're gonna do. I want you to stand right where you're at. Do me a favor and just stand right where you're at. We're gonna have a lot of prayer for you guys this, today. But when we get to big church, Dr. Youssef's gonna call us down and and I pray over us such a, just a joyful time. So I pray that you'll come down and it's not to embarrass, it's not to uh, call out, it's just to pray over you. And I wanna, I wanna have the opportunity just to pray over you real quick as well. So let's pray together. God, I love you and I thank you for these teenagers. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you show us, Lord. I thank you that it, it convicts but also encourages us. So Lord, I pray that today we might take these questions and just think about them. Tonight, when we're laying in bed, we might think about them. And Father, that you would lead us to the cross. 
So Father, thank you for my friends. Thank you for those who are here this morning. Thank you for those who aren't here that didn't, couldn't make it this morning. Lord, I pray that you bless them today. Well, Lord, these are here. These that are here, Lord, I pray that you'd, you would take what your word says and just walk it out with them this week. So Lord, we love you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you adoration because God, you deserve 100% of it. So it's in Jesus' holy and precious name we pray. Someone says... Amen. Thank you for listening. You can check out other messages of this and other series at stsatlanta.org slash podcast.